Hey, I want to ask you a question this morning. And this is the question. It's a simple question, but it can go to a deep place. I want to ask you this question. Do you, so I'm talking to you, and I hope it feels like I'm talking to you personally. Do you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus? I just want to ask again. So I just want to have a personal conversation with you and ask you this question. Do you want to have a growing discipleship of Jesus? Do you want to be a growing disciple? Yeah. And it's a, it's a question that doesn't ask what's going on in your life right now. I'm not asking that. I'm asking about what your desire is. If you, if you go to a deep place and go, just, just you, you and me, God, just you and me, what's your desire? Do you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus? See, the moment you come into a relationship with Jesus, the moment you understand who He is, that Jesus is God, He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and you actually have belief that He died on the cross for you, He places the Holy Spirit in you as a deposit of all that is to come. And the moment God places His Spirit within you, our desires change. They change. All of a sudden, we've got this deep desire where we would want things to look different in our life. And we'll probably engage with that desire and that want for the rest of our lives. Because if you read Romans 7, you will see that there's a very significant word in Romans 7, and that's want. Paul wrestled with this desire of wanting to do what God would want him to do. But his flesh kind of had other ideas. And we're caught in this tension of what may go on in our life, but what we want to do. So I want to ask you a question this morning, not what's going on in your life. Do you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus? And as we engage with God in that point, and we let God minister to us by His Spirit, you can expect to be a growing disciple of Jesus. You see, we have launched our new mission statement and we've been unpacking that and this is what it is. My hope is that you've kind of come across that somewhere in the life of our church so far. But this is what we want to do as a church. We want to actually partner with Jesus to build up his church. That's what we want to do and be very intentional about that. And we want to do that by empowering people according to gifting and equipping people for works of service and encouraging people to go for it. And so we've spent a bit of time in, in the last couple of weeks unpacking this, but when we actually sing this song, sorry, guys, I'm clicking it the wrong way. When we explore this equipping part and, and we understand that the major aspect of equipping is actually our own personal growth, it's how we equip ourselves, it's how we equip each other. In this context of, of Ephesians 4, when God says now that these are the gifts we gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge, and we will be mature in the Lord. 
You see, maturity as a disciple of Jesus, maturity in our faith is going to be key to see God's church built up because God wants you and I to be used in the process of building his church. So here's our mission statement so far. Here's where we've gone so far in this series. We've looked at the empowering piece and there's aspects of that because we can't empower someone according to gifting until people understand who they are in Christ. And you don't know who you are in Christ until you understand who Jesus is. And so there's this evangelistic edge to our mission statement where we want to see every person in our community understand who Jesus is. And then from that point, understand who they are in Jesus. And then then let's explore gifting to see what that looks like. And then Andrew last week looked at the first part of our equipping um, kind of piece because the major part is discipleship. And we have a discipleship model. And Andrew looked at those aspects. When you think of the word disciple, what word comes to mind? It's an interesting thought. And there's several words that come to mind. But a disciple is someone who's like a trainee or an apprentice of Jesus. Anyone been an apprentice before? I have. Anyone been a trainee? Like it's an interesting scenario where you you step into relationship with someone for an intentional time of growth. But we would like to suggest that there's a disciplined approach to the way we'd approach our discipleship. And so last week, Andrew looked at these concepts. Have you seen the tree in the foyer? That's our discipleship model. And there's this analogy of a tree, which is really key. And if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to check out Andrew's message because it was part one of this part two message. But we looked at this concept that there are stuff under the ground, the relationship that you and I have with Jesus is key. And if we get that right, if we have this taproot of a deep spiritual life, if we can have some spiritual friendships and set up some form of accountability in our life, that keeps us accountable to things that we want to do in our relationship with Jesus, um, we will see some growth. And in fact, the fruit will look after itself. So if we, if we treat this area with intentionality under the surface, the fruit will look after itself. But this week, I just want to look at the branches. See, we have three branches on our tree where we would say, if we're going to tap into that desire to be a growing disciple of Jesus, how do we lift our intentionality in those branches? See, this morning, I want to encourage you to have a fruitful life, to be so grounded in who we are in Jesus and to go deep under the surface, but from that place that we live a fruitful life. You might have heard John 15. It talks about this. Here's some of the verses. Jesus says, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. And in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. So there's this intimate relationship with Jesus. And if we take that deep and we're connected, we will bear fruit. And he continues to say, this is how my father shows he is. This is how significant it is. For God the Father to be revealed in this world, He uses you and I as people who are fruitful people. This is how the Father shows who He is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. So our maturity, our growth as Christian people will actually show who the Father is. Now, if we're going to be serious about seeing God's church built up, there's a lot Hanging on your relationship, my relationship with Jesus, because from that point we will 
produce fruit. You didn't choose me, remember, Jesus said. I chose you and I put you in the world to bear fruit. And fruit that won't spoil, fruit that will last. So I want to ask you, if you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus, what's your relationship with Jesus look like? Are you taking that deeper? And are you intentional about him allowing fruit to happen in your life? Fruit that will last. Fruit that makes a difference. Fruit that actually people would see that there is a God. See, as Christian people, I think we can kind of do two things. This is what I, I think we can think, yeah, it's all about being. But you know what? It's about being and doing together, which is the way that we serve God. You know, it's all, we can say it's all about hearing from God. Let's just hear from him. But, and it is about hearing from him, but it's also about speaking We can sow seeds for God's kingdom. And we can talk about receiving from God and being blessed by God, and we totally are, but it's not just about receiving, it's about giving as well, which is stewardship. And those three areas are our branches that I want to quickly explore today to go, how can we be really fruitful in these ways? How can we be people that are so connected with God and our being is key, but we actually step out and do things that he's called us to do? very intentionally based on the gifts he's placed in us. How do we hear from God, but not only just hear, speak what we've heard? How do people hear and we can sow seeds in people's lives? How do we receive and actually give? And so I want to explore this concept of stewardship. It's an interesting terminology. We don't use this very often. How would you describe stewardship? What words would you use? It's an interesting thought. See, stewardship is about being a manager, really, being someone who's in charge and responsible for things that have been given to you. When we can have a biblical approach to our life through the lens of stewardship, it would radically change the way that you live. Check out this verse in Psalm. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. What's this verse saying about you? What's this verse saying about your world? What's, what's this verse saying about your house, your belongings, your kids, anything that you'd ever own? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people, that's you. That's you. How about this verse in Romans? For everything comes from him. And exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Everything, everything comes from him and it exists by his power. The very fact that you are sitting in this room today is because God's enabled it to happen. He's given you everything you need. He's given you your breath right now. He's given you your heartbeat. He's given you the ability to be here. Everything comes from him. And he exists by his power and is intended for his glory. So here's your life. And sometimes if you're honest, we can think, well, what's my life count in life? Here's your life that exists on purpose, for a purpose, to actually bring God glory. That's a fruitful life. 
When we can have a perspective that everything about us, actually, I belong to Jesus, my kids belong to Jesus, everything I'd own, actually, I'm the manager of everything in my world. And how can I use everything that God's placed in my world to actually bring glory to him? Does anyone know Romans 12? Romans 12 verse 1. If you've been in church for a while, it's a pretty familiar passage. Did you realise that this is the verse before that? Now, we read it as chapters, and quite often we can go to Romans 12, verse 1. This is what it says. If, um, this, this, is the, this is 12, verse 1. And so, and so here's this concept. It's a stewardship concept that everything comes from him. Everything. And exists by his power and is intended for his glory. And all glory to him forever. Amen. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. So I don't know about you, but I've looked at that verse lots. And I've never looked at the verse before. And so how can we, as growing disciples of Jesus, view every part of our life through the lens, you know what, my life belongs to him. Everything about me belongs to him. Every breath is attributed to him wanting it to happen. So how do I steward my life well so Jesus gets the glory? Don't you love the the language? I plead with you. Because of the stewardship that we have in God, I plead with you. Because you and everything that you think that you own, you actually manage as a resource. How do we actually give our lives to God? Has anyone ever loaned you a car? There's been several times in my journey when we've needed a car and someone's loaned us a car. Now, some people are pretty precious about their cars and already you're starting to freak out. I could never do that. The people that have loaned us a car get the concept of stewardship. That happened to you, Ash, didn't it? You were telling me that story. I knew it was familiar. People who can loan a resource like that understand that actually even a a possession like that that's pretty expensive that I own is actually on loan to me. We might think we own it, but we're managing it. You know, and we've been really touched when that's happened. Someone can loan us a car for a, for a fairly long period of time. That's because that person is obviously a growing disciple of Jesus and a mature disciple because they get the stewardship concept. Everything that you own, what would be the opposite of stewardship? What would be the opposite of that? What would be a way of life that would be opposite to that? It'd be a life of ownership, it'd be a life of hands on. It'd be a life of accumulating. It'd be be a life of, you know what, I just want to have as much as I can have. So I, you know what I mean? But what happens then? You and I are going to live in fear, fear of loss. And we'll structure our lives around making sure that we don't lose anything that we think we own. Now, we could speak a lot about that and I won't say any more today, but it's an interesting concept. What would your life look like if you had a very clear, profound, deep understanding that everything about your life totally belongs to God and it's intended to bring him glory? 
And God says, Kev, I just want you to manage it, steward it well. It's the parable of the talents. God gives us stuff to actually invest for his kingdom. And so how can we steward everything in our life where God goes, well done, my good and faithful servant. You understand this kind of stuff. It seems like a funny word. I mean, all of our giving comes out of understanding stewardship. If we can't understand stewardship, we can't be generous. It's, It's just too hard because we're talking about holding on to stuff. Even the concept of tithing now, I'm not going to go there. It's a great concept. It's a great principle. I personally use that, but it's a starting point. Like a, a tenth of what you, what you would, um, you know, as income give is a starting point because if we're thinking stewardship, well, actually 100% of everything that God gives me is his. And so how do we steward that well? I'll tell you what, you watch your generosity skyrocket if we can understand stewardship. Because we actually look for opportunities and we're not counting. We just want to be generous according to what God's doing in our life and what he wants us to do. So stewardship, what could that look like in your life if you totally let that reign? If you viewed life through a lens of stewardship, God, everything about me, everything you've given me all belongs to you. How can I use that to glorify you? It's a great way to live. What about sowing seeds? What does that look like? A kingdom sower. How do we actually sow seeds for the kingdom of God? How do we actually be fruitful in that? If we're going to mature as disciples, we want to see seed sowing all over the place. How could you do that? I want to suggest a couple of ways this morning because I think there is a couple of ways. There's a few ways. One, and these are just primarily put in this space. They all overlap, obviously. But we can have some pre-evangelism seed sowing where the fruits of the Spirit just run crazy in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I tell you, if we can be fruitful just by allowing God's character rise up in us by his spirit and being evident in the way that we live, you're going to sow seeds all over the place. It's like you're going to be walking through your day and seeds are just going to be falling off everywhere and you're not going to know what they do for God's glory, but you will be sowing seeds. That kind of a life is an attractive life. How do we live attractive lives for God that bring him glory? How can we be fruitful by a deep relationship with God that allows his spirit just to sow seeds of joy and patience? People notice that stuff. Have you noticed that in your life when some of this happens? It actually takes people by surprise. People lean in. They want to know more. They want to actually develop a relationship with you. Even a smile can be a way to sow seeds. How can we be good at that? How can we sow seeds about salvation? I love this concept of always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but to do it with gentleness and respect. Don't forget that last bit. I want to ask you as a a mature disciple of Jesus going, yep, I want to be that. Are you prepared to have a conversation with someone if they ask you? And it's a conversation that's not complicated. I still personally think we overcomplicate that. When we're talking to someone about salvation, when we're talking to someone about, if they're asking you about, tell me about it, how would I become a Christian? We can overcomplicate that. How can we just keep it really simple where it just comes back to believing that Jesus is the Son of God and He died on the cross for you? 
Let's just see people step into the kingdom by understanding and having a personal revelation of Jesus. But it's going to take you and I speaking sometimes. Kel was on the train to Sydney, going to university. You might have heard this story. And a man by the name of James sat next to her on the train. Never met him before. And Kel's going to uni and he asks her a question. He says, do you know Jesus and do you understand what he's done for you? How's it? That started Kel's salvation. Right there, that day, you saw the world different that day, didn't you? Because someone was prepared. Someone just had a simple question. It was gentle, it was respectful, and it sowed a significant seed that that day, that day, that day, Kel came into the kingdom of God. How can we be prepared just to have a simple conversation and sow some seeds that actually leads to salvation for people? You don't have to be an evangelist to speak and sow a seed about who Jesus is and what he's done. Or what about some seeds of growth? I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is the one who made it grow. You know, we can sow seeds for the rest of our lives and it facilitates growth in all of us and we together equip each other for actually growth in our discipleship which sets us up for works of service. You know, my story of coming to faith was about, you only come to faith because someone's sowing seeds in your life. I mean, God's creation speaks into that as well. I remember there's lots of people that have spoken into my life. You know, like, praise God for the people in my world who put it on their heart to be on a kids' ministry team who spoke the gospel to me when I was a kid. I can't say that I have a conversation like Kel with one person. There was many people that have spoken seeds into my life, and I'm really grateful. How can we sow seeds that leads to salvation, even just fruits of the Spirit, pre-evangelism, be prepared, and let's keep sowing seeds in each other's lives for growth to mature as disciples? What about serving and kingdom servant? What does that look like? How do we actually serve according to what God's placed on our heart? Now, can I encourage you in two ways? Sometimes we serve because we see a need and we want to fill a need. Don't you love that movie, Robots? That's the whole basis of that movie. See a need, fill a need. Where's Rowan? Did you see Rowan playing the drums today? First time Rowan's played drums here in the morning. First time? Yeah? Come on, we can thank him. Now, what I appreciate about, there's lots I appreciate about Rowan and Ash, but what I appreciate about Rowan is that it was only September last year where he's in our evening service and going, there's no drummers. Maybe I can do something about that. And tell anyone, I don't think he just went out and bought a drum kit, see if he could learn to play the drums, found out he actually could, and then actually developed that, and here he is playing drums in church. How good is that? See a need, fill a need, and then you can actually, you're gifted at playing drums. That's pretty cool. That's a bonus because there's plenty of people that aren't gifted in playing drums, and it's not just about buying a drum kit. It doesn't give you a gift. It's got all lined up. But as you look around, what needs do you see? 
As you look around the church that God's placed you in, as you look around your community, as you look around your family, what needs do you see that just need to be done? Like last Sunday night, I reckon we had one of the best Sunday night services we've had in a very long time. And you know why? Because the youth took over. It was so good. Was anyone there last Sunday night? Yep. How good was it? Youth takeover. It was unreal. And they, it was full of energy. Rowan was playing drums again. There's a link there. It, it was really cool. And, and I'm going, man, let's just, let's just do that way more. It was, so, it was so good. I was so touched, so inspired, so encouraged. But it was really messy in lots of ways. Like there was popcorn, there was food all over the place. We get to the end of the night and everyone's left pretty much. And here's me and Carol and we go, oh, we better get the vacuum cleaners. We can't leave it like that. Going to the storeroom and we're pulling out these, oh, there's two vacuum cleaners. That's good. And here come the the McGuinness and the Pasco girls. And they go, we want to do that. And here they are vacuuming the hall. It's cool. See a need, fill a need. You know what? The very essence of Jesus was that he came to serve and he wants us to follow his example. And if we want to be a fruitful, growing disciple of Jesus, it will be in the form of serving. And if we can understand that, in fact, I'm going to view life through the lens of a stewardship principle. And so everything I've got, even my energy, any talents, any gifting, all my time, it's actually how can I manage that well? And sure, God wants us to enjoy a whole bunch of stuff. That's part of stewardship. But how can I serve people? How can I see a need? How can I explore gifting in me and understand where I'm gifted so I can serve God and actually see Him get the glory? I love this passage. It's from Ephesians 4. It's where our vision comes from. And it talks about maturity once again. It talks about, you know what? We won't be immature like children. We won't be blown and tossed about by every wind of new teaching. We, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. They sound, sound so clever. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love. We'll be sowing seeds. We'll be growing in every way more and more like Christ. There's maturity that's going on. We want to become like Jesus, who's the head of the church, the body of Christ, holds everything together. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. You are part of a body. You are the sanctuary vibrant with life. You are the church. And as each part, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What's your part? What's, what's, what's God put on your heart? And it might just be, I've been hearing about a need or I see a need and I just want to be part of that. Or it might be something God's put in your heart that, that he's been just knocking there for a while, but it takes courage. You see, if you explore giftedness and go, maybe, maybe, just maybe there could be a gift there, but I just don't know what to do with that. It is going to take vulnerability and courage to step into anything that God calls you to do. But as each of us, Do that as part of his body. As each of us understand how we're gifted and step into that trusting God. You need some people around you to do that. What does it look like for you? How can you serve him? So can I ask you a question? Do you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus? Is that a desire of your heart? You know, maybe you're here today, maybe, maybe this might be the first time you've ever been in church. Welcome. 
And if it is, I hope that today you can hear that, that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for you. And today could be a seed of salvation that actually sees you go, wow, Jesus did that for me. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the family of God. It qualifies you. That's what makes you a Christian belief in that. God will grow you from there. Or maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian a very long time. God, God is never done with us. He grows us for the rest of our life. He takes us deeper in understanding who he is and who we are in him. He actually brings revelation by his spirit about what he calls us to do, how we can live a fruitful life. What would it look like for you today as we engage in that? If you look at our discipleship model, it's just a model. It's just a way where we can kind of go, how can we lift our intentionality in these seven areas in the way that we would grow as Christian people? Where where would God want to lead you? Where is his spirit kind of pointing you? Is it about your deep spiritual life with him? Is it simply about your relationship with him? And I tell you what, if you feel any kind of pull to actually press into a relationship with him in it because you've been distant for a while, can I encourage you to listen to him and go there? That's going to cause fruit in your life anyway. As the band comes up, maybe it's about spiritual friendship, as Andrew talked about. Maybe it's about just getting close with just a few key people in your life, just for friendship people to point you to Jesus. Maybe it's about some accountability where you just want someone to ask you, how you going? How you going with what you said you'd do? Or maybe it's, I just want to gather regularly with the body of Christ. Maybe you feel like I just, I just want to be part of a church. I'm just not here much. Well, can I encourage you that in moments like this, if that's a point where you feel that's going to grow you, and mature you as a disciple of Jesus, make a decision around that. You've heard me say it before, but I love the concept of making a decision once and then manage that decision daily. Like it's times like this, you go, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be in the church because I'm part of the church. If I'm not here, I'm, I'm gonna miss out. People are gonna miss out. Make a decision once, manage the decision. Maybe it's a stewardship thought. I've got to think about that some more. I've got to think that actually, really, everything about my life belongs to Him. Wow. All of the provision that God gives me, every resource, every breath, it's all His. How do I make the most of that? How can I use everything that God's given me for His glory? Whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's a phone, whether it's your time, whether it's your energy, whatever. How can I have a stewardship Concept, even with my kids. Kids, if you've got kids, are some of the most precious things, if not the most precious thing in your world. How can we have a stewardship concept even there? Or maybe it's God just going, how can we sow seeds? How could I just be courageous enough just to be prepared to speak about Jesus? Just simply. You've heard me say, I like to use the phrase, if someone asks me about my faith or someone asks me about what does it mean to be a Christian, my go-to answer is just all about understanding that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. That's all I say. If someone wants to talk more, I'll talk more. It's about understanding that Jesus is who he says he is 
and he's done what he said he's done. I tell you what, that set off many amazing conversations that led, led, led to faith in people. Let's just keep it simple and gentle and respectful. How could you sow seeds like that? Maybe it's just a letting the fruit of the Spirit reign in your life and people notice it and you understand that an attractive life is actually letting the fruits of the Spirit reign in your world. Or maybe it's serving. You know, God's just wants you to lean in. Maybe if you're honest and can be like this for me, I can get so consumed with what's going on in my life that I don't even look up enough sometimes to see a need. So I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus? Because if the answer to that is yes, God will show you what he wants you to do. And it may be one of these areas that was spoken about in this model. It may be something that's just so unique to you, but can I encourage you that as each of us engage with this, it takes each of us to engage with this. We're not going to see God's church built up if we don't each. And I'm not, not talking about Coast Community. I'm talking about his church. How do we each play a part in that by being active, intentional, growing disciples of Jesus. We're a trainee, we're an apprentice. We've actually got some discipline in the way that we do things. We're learning some disciplines in how we do life. What could it look like for you? How could your life be really fruitful? It brings glory to God that sees people come into his kingdom. Let me pray about that. Lord, thank you that you're a God who sees us, knows us, loves us. Lord, I pray, God, that today by your Spirit, as we talk about equipping ourselves or even having a culture of equipping in the life of our church that all of us play a part in, Lord, I pray, God, that we would understand that the major part of that is just growing ourselves, is the way we lead ourselves, is the way we intentionally engage with you. Lord, I pray today that by your Spirit, you'd place in every one of our hearts just where you want us to lean in, where you want us to be intentional about our growth. Lord, for those in this room that would say that we want to be growing disciples of Jesus, Lord, I pray you'd help us with that, you'd strengthen us with that, you'd counsel us in that, and you'd lead us forward. Lord, I pray, Lord, that whatever that looks like, that it would bring you glory, that people would see you in us, Jesus, Lord, that our lives, the very essence of our lives would point people to you. So God, we want to commit that to you today. Help us to be really intentional with our mission, partnering with you and building up your church. So God, I pray that today, Lord, you'd help me to live a life that is fruitful for all of us here as brothers and sisters, that we can live fruitful lives point people to you. We want to commit that to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.